everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, TRB. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us. It is Monday, and we're going to talk about uh, the latest going on in Star Wars news. James and Lacey with me, as always. Um, we usually don't talk about The Mandalorian on this show, and we're really not going to, but, I mean, Ahsoka Tano, huh? Huh, guys? Crazy. Yeah. Still, even after you know the weekend and everything, still a... Uh, and Grogu. Those two things stick out of my mind. How you guys doing? And I even kind of expected like a little cameo, but it was like beginning of the episode. Boom, there it is. Boom. And they did, and they they put they showed her before they even put up the title. You know. Yeah, they didn't hold anything back. They just started off with her, which is I think what caught me off guard with this episode is not that she was in it because we kind of assumed that, but that they were just yeah. like out of the gate. We're like, oh, there she is. Even before you see the Mandalorian, there she is. Yeah, yeah, and it it was almost like it wasn't one of those things like, oh, is that her or that could could that be someone else? It was like, no, there's the two lightsabers. Like that is one hundred percent. And she says her name, Ahsoka. and yeah, yeah. yeah so 100%. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but now that that's out there, um, the speculation on that can end, and then we can move on to speculating on other things like, uh, mm-hmm. what, you know, every character being Ezra uh, that people are talking about. <laughs> Um, no, but um, the Mando Fan Show was this past Friday. It's now out there on all podcast apps and also, of course, youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net Videos. Yoshi Vu joined us. Uh, such a good time. He's such a good guy. Uh, gave us a little bit of perspective from his job in terms of how he looks at certain things, but also just nerding out on the episode in general. So go back and check that out, our uh, review and discussion on uh, Chapter 13. And this Friday, we're tackling Chapter 14, which means that's the sixth episode of eight. So we're really getting towards the home stretch here. Uh, we're going to be joined by um, our buddy Jeff. Jeff Lowe from Lights, Camera, Barstool is coming uh, Friday night, 830 East, right here on uh, our YouTube channel. And uh, of course, if you can't make it live, how dare you? But uh, it will be on all the podcast apps and stuff like that. So we're excited to do that uh, with Jeff. Um, and uh, before we get into things here, uh, if you guys want some coffee, uh head to weirdbrothers.com and look up the resistance brew we have uh we partnered with them they're a small business out of virginia and uh check out uh our our brew and pick up a bag and enjoy yourself some coffee um yes all right so you guys are ready to uh is there anything else what else is going on nope nothing yeah i don't know we normally do we, we normally do like some sort of like how you do yeah, it at the beginning on? but yeah. i think we're all business this week it, yeah. yeah it's all business it's a we had thursday friday saturday sunday off now we're all back to work right yeah james i mean we have some stories so then why don't we go all business here right into uh yep. resistance report it's the resistance Guys, Giancarlo Esposito is back again. He is nonstop. He is taking full advantage of of Zoom and every other video property he can. He's doing all the interviews, um, and this one was no different. He sat down with EW uh, recently and talked a lot. Uh, that gave us uh, a lot of information about the, his character, uh, his, his upcoming motivations, things his characters are uh, working on, who he might be working for. When are we going to see him? Kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit. I think you're going to see him in the uh, upcoming seasons. We'll see, you know. Um, so that kind of spoiled that he, he might not die in this season. I don't know. There was a lot that went into uh, this interview, and it got me real pumped. Um, Lacey, I'm going to start with you on this one. What did you think of Giancarlo's uh, interview, I guess, this time? <laughs> so I think... He's he talked about a lot of stuff that we've now learned through the season, which he couldn't say prior to the season. But for me personally, Mm -hmm. his first three, maybe four answers were very similar. It was like him talking on the talking point sheet and just saying like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to learn my character and what his motives are and where he's coming from. And it comes from such a, a deep mythology of Star Wars. So I'm trying to fit find my way through that and what my character will do. Um, He does mentioned that we'll probably see him more the next season, not this season, which is interesting to me. Because mm-hmm. um, that gives a little bit away of what's going to come in the next, what, two episodes, three episodes we have left. Um, yeah. The thing that did stand out to me is he does mention Dark Troopers at the end of the interview. Yeah. Which is, I think, a slip up because they've never actually said what those are. 
Like the big question last week with that episode is what are those things? Could they be this thing? And he goes, oh, yeah, no, they're dark troopers. And everyone's like, oh, the only, oh. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that would be close to that is I think something like in the subtitles or some sort of version refers to them as dark troopers. But I think we all kind of like looked at that as, I mean, but what what are you going to call them? Yeah. They're these dark, ominous beings. Yeah. Like, so he says, so there's going to be. that could be more official. Yeah. So he says, there's, so there's going to be a lot of battles and stormtroopers and all the dark troopers. Everyone will get involved. Um, Which stuck out. It just. I was like, oh, so now we are officially getting Dark Troopers then. Okay, cool. Um, other than that, yeah. I mean, he, of course, I love the clickbaity social question that they all have to ask of, what did you think about Yoda eating eggs? Like, what was your take on that? And he's kind of just like, oh, does it really matter? <laughs> like, it's a baby. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a comedic relief in the show. It's supposed to be kind of, he's a little weird. It it. it it's not supposed to be that serious is basically what I took away from that. And I just find it funny that everyone's still asking them about this baby Yoda eating eggs thing. And I'm like, guys, I think we can let that one go. <laughs> we can, we can pick something else to harp on. What is, what does Gene's on. guy yeah. think of baby Yoda eating the eggs? That's what we all really need to know at this point. I swear, by, if I which, see that question one peace, more time. So what did you think about people canceling baby Yoda? But the thing is, is like, it wasn't an issue until all these press outlets were like, oh, this issue right here? This is an issue. Mm-hmm. When Vanity Fair... Like, I, yeah. I like I like, I like Bresnikin. He's the man. But boy, did that really like that poor get kerosene on this whole thing. But it wasn't really... Like, people had problem with it, but it wasn't like an issue that every single person needed to be talking about. It was just a little silly to me. But other than that, yeah. super pumped for Dark Troopers. John Carlo's awesome as usual. Um, and he's really pumped to be a baddie like that's what we've learned from every single interview with him is like he's just so excited to be the bad guy yeah. and like he looks at, at vader as like the bad guy and he's like can i be that good um mm. which i love because i want a very evil bad guy i don't want the hey he has feelings on tuesdays um he really sleeps in a pink robe uh no i want like he like vader rogue one murdering people in the hallway hey snoke's robe is gold <laughs> fair right fair fair no um john did you, did you feel the same way did did he say anything that got you excited <laughs> yes and no um the you know i i love first of all i love the fact that he is so candid um whether we want to say it was uh, slip ups or on accident he is pretty forthright in a lot of things um and i think star wars needs more of that because i'd rather hear things that aren't like him saying you know, you're going to see more of me. And next season, uh, you know, I look forward to being around. Who, he's he's clearly established as the main villain of this show. Who in their right <laughs> mind thinks they're killing him in season two? I don't think so. So him it's saying- It's like Josh Brolin being like, so I guess I'll see you guys in the next Avengers movie. And they're like, yeah. you're Thanos. Of course you won't see Right, that. And I'm actually going to bring up Thanos in a second as, as a thing, as something that's not good. But, um... I, I like that refreshing element of that, and I'd rather hear it from him than hear it from you know leakers or scoopers or or, or that sort of thing. Uh, I think Star Wars is too protective, and they shoot themselves in the foot with that sort of thing. So more of this, please. Um, mm-hmm. You're not he's not giving away plots, so it, it, it's not a big deal. It's refreshing. I like it, and it's engaging. It's inviting. Um, I, I like that. I did like also and, that, and oftentimes, oftentimes it also sends people down the wrong path. Yes. Like when when people, yes. yeah, yeah, start speculating the wrong way. Yeah, and you know I like him bringing up the physicality aspect and saying that he really had to gear up his training and stuff for the episodes to come, and we know that means this season because they haven't filmed season three yet. So we're gonna see him fighting with that dark saber this season. Now, Mando with the Beskar poker, maybe now uh, that could be a very cool battle. Um, now the thing that I didn't like was. Him using the word consciousness and does this guy think he's doing the right thing? Uh, and it made me think of Thanos and like Thanos thinking he's helping the world by uh, erasing half the population. Like, I agree with Lacey. I think Lacey and I have always kind of wanted that bad guy that wasn't conflicted, that knew that they were doing the wrong thing and did it anyway. Uh, the, 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 the Palpatine style. and Just out for themselves, yeah, basically. Yeah. He- him, I have no problem with him saying, I want to make my character human so I could understand his motivations. 
he's saying does does my character think he's doing he's helping people I did not like him saying that because I don't want him thinking he's the good guy and Mando's the bad guy. The whole flip thing. I guess I know that's a very modern way of making a, a your storytelling 3D, but uh, I want I want him to know that he's bad and he's still doing it anyway. So maybe it was just for an acting motivational purpose, and that's fine. But he did almost make it seem like uh, you got to see my character's point of view. He's maybe he's trying to do some good things here. I, I no no I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. I, I will say, though, there there's something in this, though, that really excited me. And oddly, because I feel like it's it might be one of those things that we tend to say that's what we don't want. But I really liked how much uh, he put forth on like, you know, no, no, I am the villain. Um, here's the reason I am the villain is because this guy is... Uh, I don't know, like he's being told what to do kind of from the top and he has all this information. There's a reason he knows so much about everybody because he's got a really good source and there's all these different factions and they're all doing their different things, but he's, but there's gotta be somebody who's controlling all those different factions. Right. And I think he, I think the way he's playing into that normally would make a, Star Wars fans like ourselves kind of roll our eyes at that and say like, oh, you're going to tell me it's connected to the bigger thing. And I kind of like Mandalorian standing off on its own. But for whatever reason, when he said it in this case, <clears throat> it 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 just drove the point home for me that this villain is not just a really bad remnant of the Empire trying to make his way. He's a really bad, bad important pivotal uh you know character that's going to stand the test of time as like when you think about all the bad guys in the galaxy and their different eras like this guy is going to hold his ground because he was in control and the mastermind behind so many other things and maybe there's somebody above him but he's he was there and he played his part you know what i mean there was somebody above vader but vader was there and he played his part and he was definitely like super important in his own right so um, I, I don't know, like when he was describing this, I, I felt very pulled in to be like, yes, yes, make him great, but also tie him in, make him legendary, which is kind of funny. Um, that was the, your name will be legendary. That's how they marketed oh, it yeah. initially. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Um, yeah. do you guys want to move on to someone who's not going to be in the Mandalorian? Yes. <laughs> Much more. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh that is Sasha Banks. Um I can't get it. Oh. Uh she's credited as uh Mercedes Vernado, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say the last name? Yep. Yeah. Um but she was doing an interview with comicbook.com and she did mention that her only appearance this season is going to be what you already saw. So there's not a whole lot to add to this, maybe just a little bit of speculation or or praise for the recognition or the, the time that she was on the show. But John, I'm going to bounce back at you uh, quickly. What did you think of um, her saying that, that that's it? That's her appearance on The Mandalorian. That makes sense. Uh, it's her first real acting credit. Um, I thought she did fine. I didn't think she was a great actor by any means, but she didn't really have that many lines or anything. Um it's cool. Uh, I think I could see her being smart and saying, hopefully we get more of my character because I think people today understand momentum and uh, fan support and that sort of thing. Look at Rosario Dawson being cast as Ahsoka Tano. That started off as a Boss Logic concept art fan casting and boom, there she goes. Two years later, she's she's uh, in the makeup playing the role. So, uh, so I could see someone like Sasha Banks um, uh understanding that and saying like you know hopefully we get to see more of that character because i do think fans did like her uh i liked her too um but i also think anyone upset that she's only appearing in that one episode is is um crushed by their own expectations or hype um you know it's it was always that intention for her to have that small role now whether this has any implications on Bo-Katan and and her future in in, in this uh, season i'm not sure because i don't mm-hmm. know if those three always ride or die together um, I still think we're going to see more of Bo-Katan, uh, no question. So 
Um, it just depends on, you know, oh, I had to go and this is my mission and this is personal. So I had to go on my own and, and do this. And maybe that's how they play that. But yeah, I mean, no problems with uh, with her wanting to play more of it. I, I have no problems with her telling us that she's not going to be in more of this. I don't think she's a big big fish in this uh in this story so it's really not a big deal to me and um good for her for trying to plant the seeds for fans to want to ask for more of her so good honor yeah um lacy thoughts on this being her only opinion would you like to see more or do you think this was what it what it needed to be i liked her character i liked that whole storyline of the three of them working together with the mandalorian um I thought that even though she didn't have a lot of lines or anything, just like her presence on screen was really cool. Like she was just one of those cool, you know, bub fed side characters that is just there to like kind of give moody looks and judge people. And I like those kind of characters. Um, I am disappointed that she said that she's not showing up again because that usually means that the three of them won't show up again. Um, mm. I don't know if that means that she'll show up next season, but I just kind of was hoping we'd see a roundabout and they'd show up again later this season. Um, but it sounds like she won't. So I'm a little disappointed about that. Um, I'd love to see her character again. I thought she was cool. And she was just like one of those like fun, cool characters to add that will make a really awesome action figure to add to my collection. Yeah, th- th- this is this is kind of interesting. Um because when we saw Bo-Katan show up in Clone Wars, she showed up with two other Mandalorians. One of those happened to be a very particular Mandalorian because it was Sabine Wren's mom. Um, but now when we see Bo-Katan again, she shows up with two other Mandalorians and they're two completely different unknown Mandalorians. And I'm like, does she just have kind of a thing where she goes, I need to go on a mission and I'm pulling you and you, mm. kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of reminded me like Avatar, the last airbender when um, mm-hmm. uh, the the main like villain girl is like, uh, I'm taking you and you. <laughs> and it's just like these two random girls. And they're like, we don't even know if we necessarily believe in the cause, but the, the queen like says we have to go. So they're going. Um, but, but a a little different here. Um, I believe that these Mandalorians obviously are fully backed by Bo-Katan. They felt like they were, they were like a trio. Um, so I think what you guys are saying when we hear this is her last appearance, it probably then also means that it's Bo-Katan's last appearance. And that bums me out because, um, uh, I'm sorry, you didn't. Oh, you thought that she was coming back later in the season, just not with these characters? Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I missed that. But, um, I mean, I guess that, yeah. I mean, that's what I would hope would happen. I I feel like there's a big missed opportunity when you you have the show The Mandalorian, you're focusing on this character, and you aren't involving mm-hmm. books on more than than just that one appearance. Um but I, I don't know. I'm getting a vibe that it, that these three are supposed to be like a trio. And I, I would kind of feel like if she's not there, then the other two, you know, I don't know. One, I feel like they need to be there. So we're probably not getting her. One other thing about that I just thought of. I think we've talked about this before, but I'm not sure. But um, if you think about the casting thing with Ahsoka, like they didn't even give um, Ashley Eckstein a shot or an audition because they wanted um, a more seasoned live action actor and that's what they went with so when you use that as a blueprint for this type of thing whoever they were when they were casting this role of Casca Reeves they weren't casting it for something for for a big role or a significant role because they gave it to somebody who has Correct. no acting credits so they knew out of the gate like all right so this is going to be a character that's going to be a, a small supporting role let's get someone in here oh I know this person and we could do them a favor. They want to get in here. Let's do that. If, if this character was supposed to have any major significant role, zero chance they're going to give it to someone who has never had an acting credit, in my opinion. So I think if we're going to see her again, it's going to be small, you know, little things here and there. We're not going to get, you know, sorry for people who want a Costco Reeves Disney plus series or a, a major no. arc for her, but it, I, it's not, to me, it does, logically it just doesn't, it's not in the cards. Yeah, I think I think my big connection there is is what we were saying earlier, she being associated with Bo-Katan. So I think if 
if she said, I appear once more, I wouldn't expect it to be any more than what she already did. Just there, maybe a line, couple action scenes is what it is. But I think her saying that she's done probably points to that the fact that the Mandalorian's journey is finished with those particular Mandalorians, at least for this season. Um, but yeah, I, there's not a whole lot to add to that. Um, I don't think so. We can move on, but that, that's, I don't know. It's nice that to know that we can put a little uh, bow on that character for a little while, at least mm-hmm. um, the solo sand tr- soundtrack is getting a limited two disc vinyl release. Um, I know we're all excited because this thing just got released to all the streaming services or you could buy it. Um, we finally got the official uh, version of the whole soundtrack, if you will. We had the soundtrack. Now we get the whole soundtrack. Now they're doubling down on it and they're they're giving you the like they're doing limited editions of vinyl presses of the full soundtrack. Um this is very uh well make solo two happen vibe going on here. Lacey, what do you think about um are you gonna be picking these up? What do you think? I haven't really decided yet. I have a record player and I have a record collection that I you know, add to from time to time. I thought these looked cool. I'm not the biggest fan of the art. I think the art's okay. It's not really my style. Um, But I do like the idea of owning this soundtrack on vinyl because it does just sound better to me uh, on a record player, not to sound like that, like pretentious person. (laughs) It's like, well, it sounds better on vinyl. Uh, They just do. Um, I have a bunch of the original soundtracks on vinyl, and it's just like this like magical feeling when you're listening to it. Um, other than that, it's interesting to me that they released everything on Spotify and the streaming services, which I've already listened to it like a billion times, and Chicken in the Pot is amazing, guys. Make sure you go listen to it. It's the actual version from the movie and not that weird one that we got. Um, but uh, it's just weird. Uh, other way around. No. No, I know. I I don't like the movie version. I think it's weak compared to the one that's on the soundtrack. All right. Well, I like the one that's in the movie. And that's the one that's on the soundtrack. So um, that being said, I think it's interesting to me that they are releasing all this solo stuff just because of timing wise. Um, It would make sense if they like release this on like the year anniversary or the two year anniversary, but they're releasing this at such a weird time. And I'm sure it's because it's holiday time. So they're like, let's get this out now before the holidays. But why now is like my big question, I guess. But any time people are talking about solo and talking about how much they love it and buying products and stuff that are related to solo, that's directly impacting Mm -hmm. the bottom line of Disney or Lucasfilm is always a good thing. So um, I might buy it just for that reason even if I'm not the biggest fan of the art, just so that my little check is in there for uh, <laughs> supporting it. <laughs> John, what do you think? I That's funny. Like I, <laughs> When Lacey said, I don't like the art, I'm like, I just changed my cover photo to the art. It's on my Twitter banner. Um, I love the shot of uh, Han with his blaster and them on uh, um, Kessel. Kessel. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I think this is really cool. Anytime there's a, a thing about Solo, I am like, we're writing an article about it on Star Wars News that and it mm-hmm. just doesn't. I'm, I'm the biggest Solo propagandist uh, out there. I admit it. I fully admit it. Um, I want to buy this. And I don't even have a record player. Like, I want to buy this because I know it's you know limited and, you know, one day I'll get a record player, but let me get my hands on this. I love the sleeve is the cockpit uh, skeleton of uh, the Millennium Falcon. I like the the weird um, like retro tones of the colors. Uh, so, the like, colors lo- are great. You know what it is? It's the shading. I don't like. Mm. I don't like how that it's shaded. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I I just something about it. I don't know if it's just the solo thing. It just it gives me good feelings and it makes me feel good. And um, I will echo what Lacey said about the timing. It is very interesting. Um, and then I'll add to the fact that. You know, vinyls, I know they're back and they're popular again, but they're not like, this is a, a huge, this is a huge selling thing. It's going to go platinum. Like for them to vest mm. money into, and this is a partnership with Disney, for them to vest money into a double vinyl of the solo soundtrack, to me, is a very positive sign for what they think about how this movie has uh, kind of 
gain momentum since its first box office run because we're not seeing these types of special releases for the saga stuff or these special partnerships and 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 packaging like this for the for the, for the, the other movies so um and the hot toys are selling well they just released the deluxe version now they're coming out with this like all things to me are pointing positively for solo since its release whereas maybe some of the other movies have kind of trickled downward with fans i feel like solo keeps going up and i know i'm looking that through my rose colored glasses but i that's all i can do and uh it just like i said it makes me feel good i'm definitely going to try to pick this up uh so i hope everyone who goes to pick this up i think the pre-order start december 2nd and it's 35 bucks uh don't sell it out and i can get my copy but uh, it's with mondo shop and they do cool stuff so um i i love it I, everything solo i love makes a little too happen blah 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 it's love it yeah it's uh, you were saying that um you know that they're investing this money and stuff and i, I when i saw it i thought well, this isn't really like Lucasfilm investing the money. This is Mondo Shop thinking that they can they can do it. But at the same time, you really do nail the point that Mondo Shop isn't doing this for the saga films. They they didn't do this. I don't know. Maybe they did, but they I don't feel like they did this for it's World to, One. You know? it, on, like Rook on the press release, it's in collaboration with Walt Disney Records. So this isn't just no 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 yeah, no, yeah. no no it is because they have to they have to license the the audio yeah, 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 it has yeah. to be they can't they can't sell it without it being in collaboration I, but I'm saying I don't think this was, was Lucasfilm being like you know what we need to do let's go get Mondo Shop and let's do this thing I think Mondo Shop said hey we have this idea we want to do it can we do it and they said yes so I think it goes the other way but either way whether Lucasfilm is starting to back Solo or fans or or i should say companies that are fan based they're like hey we think this will sell because solo has fans they have diehard fans and we like it we want to see it and that bodes well because lucasfilm is like i i I have a feeling this might have went like this they're like solo really you want to do solo stuff i mean that sure okay you know if you think it'll sell we we liked the movie we want to do more stuff with it. Yes, absolutely. Go go for it. Um, so I do think this type of stuff is is a way to tell um, Lucasfilm uh, and other companies that do things like this that, yes, I am a fan of Solo. I would like to see more Solo content, more, um, I don't know, Solo merchandise, other things like that. Um, I, just to echo real quick, I, I love the colors of this. I love the design of this. Um, I actually do know what Lacey's saying. I think the, the art is kind of weird, like when it comes to like how they look and stuff, but I think it just, at the end of the day, it's like someone's style. Yeah. It's a stylistic choice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it would be too, too terrible. Um, I actually have a little bit of history with my band and stuff of doing these types of, um, like vinyl, um, like special editions, like with the different colors and stuff. Like I've seen how they're made and like we had to make all these different choices of what type of splatter designs and stuff we wanted. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of that stuff with, um, with other bands like that were kind of in my, um, neighborhood, uh, genre friends with type that type of, um, marketing and uh, merch and stuff like that. Um, so when I saw this, I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I like the color combination of the, the discs as well. So um, one, yeah, all things all things point to good signs for this happening. And my favorite shot, of course, being the Millennium Falcon blasting out of the the back cover. Yeah, the whole yeah that with the the green and the pink that like cool. that just looks so awesome. Um, so the di- like, the difference differential between uh, Lucasfilm and Disney here, I think, is any person that I think we've talked to, whether in private or public, uh, from Lucasfilm supports like more solo so i think i i think say what you want about lucasfilm i think their camp would love to do it i think the holdup has always been with disney because of the box office returns so if disney starts allowing and seeing more of this happen i that's why i think it's a good sign i think lucasfilm isn't the problem when it comes to more solo in my understanding you know but uh disney warming up to it i think is really would be the good sign yeah so hopefully and bob shapik is a big moving. solo fan <laughs> that's actually like what i was gonna say it's like 
I feel like you had one CEO make a call on it and then maybe be like, eh, that probably wasn't the best bet and then leave, you know? <laughs> so then you got the next guy and he doesn't, he doesn't really have the same understanding of how that all went down. He's just looking at the the paper that has all the numbers and stuff and he go, and he might um, unwisely say, uh, looks like no one was into that. Let's not do that. But um, you know, there was, there was more to that story and we've, We've stated that so many times, but um, uh, we had a couple other uh, news stories that we wanted to kind of touch on real quick, and that is the fact that, um, well, the fact, uh, we're pretty confident the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, is coming back. Um, We kind of picked that up from, um, I guess you want to say like a a leak, like there was a little bit of information um, having to do with the Disney Plus schedule for the, uh, the Australia version. Um, this I actually found was, was really interesting considering last season, I thought it was going to be like a, a recap, an after show for episode one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, kind of like that. And they definitely went more broad with it. Um, so now the second season to me feels like it would be a perfect opportunity to, to continue the after show thing, but I don't know where you go with a second season of gallery, when you're talking about things like the, I don't know, the the legend of Star Wars and working with that and the the history of the props. I'm sure and it's stuff working like during I, the I, pandemic and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 ways to make it happen, but I I do wish this show was a little bit more of an after show per episode. But, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. but you know they're going to get an episode de- dedicated on bringing Ahsoka to or bringing animation to live action or whatever. And Dave Filoni's going to tell you all about why he made the choices he made about Ahsoka and, and that sort of thing. But this was, I guess, I don't know what's on Disney plus is the blog. I don't know what, I don't not familiar with them, but it was a listing tied to the Australian version of Disney plus. So yeah. and they're saying Christmas day. I think they said is, which was real fast turnaround one week. Yeah. Yeah. So, and people are asking, like, are you guys going to keep the Mando fan show? Going? Well, well, I guess we'll have to figure all that out, right? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe that's their uh. way to compete with um, Wonder Woman. As they're like, oh, well, we'll be done with Star Wars, but we can give them this. Yeah, yeah. They're doing Soul. Soul drops on Disney+. Plus. I feel like Soul's uh, a little different than or, Star Wars um, fans. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I this agree. might be yeah, an easy but thing. It, but it, I think that is their big, like, Disney or Christmas Day drop. Easy thing mm-hmm. for them to produce, like get a few of them make sure they're tested get them around the table with john favreau and talk about it and then fill in or they'll do zoom version yeah oh i don't know if i would like the zoom thing they might do a zoom version it might be at home well Well, uh the other thing of not really knowing um what's going on and and why things are happening and why they're not happening the rise of skywalker comic adaptation was canceled at marvel um also there were some reprints of the uh, rise of kylo ren that were also canceled as well um i i i don't know that there's a whole lot to this story we just know that they are canceled um i i think the main thing here is probably pointing to people not getting out and buying these things and and um uh restrictions on things being shipped and other things like that. Uh, but I, I think that there's a sub story that people could say, uh, you know, they don't think these will sell the movie did had bad reception. So we're just canceling it. Uh, we don't want to cause more damage. Um, so I think there's really two minds of, of why this, uh, this is happening. Um, but it is, it's a little unfortunate, right? For collectors, for people who had all the other movies and their adaptations. Yeah. Uh, this was six more, uh, issues that could have, um, been a lot of fun, but, um, they are completing this set is a big thing canceled. for people. Like even people who don't like yeah. rise of Skywalker will buy it because fans, star Wars fans need to complete sets of things. I think bigger than yeah. the story of not liking the Rise of Skywalker, I think it's a comic book industry thing. Comic books are hurting really bad. And yeah. They've been hurting sure. bad for probably the last decade. And this year, especially with uh, COVID and distribution plans and Diamond Comics not handling distributions well and being weeks behind and months behind and then dc comics pulled from them and did their own thing and people are moving away from buying comics and the shops are all closing like it's it's kind of a perfect storm for comic books to just 
cease to exist, unfortunately. So I can see someone like Marvel looking at their lineup going, okay, what can we cut to save some money? And this just seems like an easy thing of, hey, we don't really need this right now. Why don't we just cut it? And they'd rather go with the thing that they know is going to sell in the store, which is a Spider-Man number one or whatever. Yeah, and and it's 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 difficult because we see this story and we go, oh, what does it mean they canceled this comic? But like, if I knew comics, if I was into like all of the Marvel releases, I might say something like, "This happens all the time. That's not a big deal. We were looking forward to this." I literally think it's COVID canceled comic book industry related. And the author, yeah, I I mean, I the author comment like someone like you know tweet at the author and get a comment and. Uh, she had said, Jody Hauser, she said, um, uh, I'll leave that up to Marvel to announce. Because this isn't, I think this was a reported thing. Uh, oh, I forget who it was. I'm sorry. We, the tweet's in the article. Um, I think it's the, the the comic book Star Wars podcast guys. I forget their name. I'm sorry. Because you have to remember how much money Disney overall is losing. Marvel falls under that, that umbrella. So yeah. I'm and sure this, they're making cuts uh, Everywhere. Star Wars splash page. Right, Lacey. Yeah, you're right. And uh, yeah, Star Wars splash page. Um, uh, they and this could still surface somewhere. Like it doesn't mean like the content's there. They could bring it back and, and if they see a window where they want to bring it back in a, a different style or paperback or something down the line and repurpose it, they can. The content's there. So digital, digital. Right. So I yeah, it seems surprising to me that it's it wouldn't just be a digital only release and then you can have it, you can read it, you can check out the art and all the work that already already went into it. Um but it could I, also be related I guess I understand the physical thing. Yeah, and it also could be related to the fact that comic book stores um one of the biggest changes in the industry over the past couple decades has been that the risk isn't on Marvel anymore. So it used to be that you would put out a run of <clears throat> Star Wars comics and the comic book store would get them and then any that didn't sell would then be sent back to Marvel. They would take those back. Now the risk is solely on the comic book store owner of putting in their orders and saying, okay, I want 20 of the Kylo Ren comics. And if they don't sell all 20 of those comics, they're stuck with those. So it could be a perfect storm, like all the things I've been saying, but also comic book store owners saying, look, I don't want to order this because I don't think it's going to sell. And if you don't get a bunch of orders for it, Marvel's going to say, hey, we got more orders for Doctor Strange than we did for Rise of Skywalker. We're yeah. not going to run with Rise of Skywalker. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's 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 what I started with on that whole thing. I think there's the, there's one set of mind that's like, this is COVID. This is uh, the, a print. This is the dying comic mm. book industry. This stuff happens all the time. The other half of that is people saying, I don't think this will sell. The movie didn't have good reception. Yeah. All this other stuff. There's definitely two minds to this story. Um, and it's interesting. And like John was saying, it's not necessarily confirmed right now, but it is likely um, be based on the comments from the author. Um, she'll leave that. You should leave that up to Marvel to tell you. So um, that is it for the resistance report this week, guys. Um, we got another section that uh, gets me pumped every time we do it. Lacey, what is that section? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right, so there's lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on all the different platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. You can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Or if you want more than that, including exclusive content, Discord servers, mailings, and much more, starting at $2 a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, we put up tons of stuff every week. Um, for you guys that want a little bit more and be a part of the resistance more. So if you can't get enough of the three episodes a week, including our two regular episodes in the Mando Fan Show on Friday, which might be continuing now, as you guys heard, into future months, <laughs> um, you can head over to Patreon. Uh, but this segment is for our patrons, our generals, to be a part of the show. It's part of the benefits for that top tier. So first of all, I want to say thank you to those generals. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, and Kendall Gelnar, and Paul Olson. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means so much to us. This week, we have yes. General Andrew, and Andrew 
as we know, is a NASCAR fan, so he got a, a fun question this week. His question was, if you were to start a land speeder racing team in Star Wars and every character was a free agent, which three characters would you sign to race for your team? Andrew, take it away. So being the massive race fan that I am, thank you, John, for the Jimmy Johnson shout-outs on the podcast this year. Uh, I'm going to select Hera Syndulla, Han Solo, and Poe Dameron. Uh, these three are awesome pilots. We've seen their skills displayed throughout uh, their stories in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, they possess so much talent uh, as pilots, but then uh, similar to racers, they also possess a lot of intangibles that you can't learn or teach. They just have instinct. They have skills and abilities. Uh, they're able to pilot their specific crafts and do things with it that some normal people just can't because of built-in things that uh, are so special, and that's what makes them stand above everybody else. So Harrison Syndla, Han Solo, and Poe Dameron are my three for my racing team. Uh, hard to choose, but those three were the best that I could come up with. Uh, appreciate it, every, everybody. Uh, happy holidays. May the Force be with you. All right, Andrew. Great job. I love your little collection room, first of all. It's really, really cool. Um, so John came up with this question, as you mentioned in your uh, answer a little bit. Uh, John, what did you think? Uh, well, Andrew, I guess we have to put a bow on Jimmy Johnson since he's retired and he went out uh, not the way you, we wanted him to, right? But a uh, good run. So uh, congrats to you as a fan of his. But, um, uh, you know, great picks. I'm going to focus on Han Solo, of course, because you brought up the um, not only just the skill, but also the intangibles and having the gut instincts and that sort of thing that you say you can't learn. And I agree with that. There are certain things that go into being the hand-eye coordinated athlete and, and that sort of thing. That's who Han Solo is. Uh, brash at times, but uh, I, you got to put him on your roster, and I'm glad you did. Uh, so good pick there. And, and Andrew, you know, thanks for being uh, always such a, a supportive fan of trb and a great star wars fan and i say that every time you do the pod race but i'm gonna keep saying it because you just uh you make us feel good and and uh you're the man dude so uh hope you had a great thanksgiving and uh talk soon james um yeah the uh, the end there what john was talking about 100 you're always there you're always supportive uh, i love having you around man um and i love every time you do a video because i get to see a l little bit more of of new characters and stuff I, I feel like half the time i end up watching your videos twice because i watch you and listen to your answer and then the other time i go all right what's what's going on what's going on back there i want to see what's going on what do we got um, but no, the answer was solid this time because my, my big takeaway was that you threw in, in Hera in there. Um, because I think people tend to think of her as like space mom or whatever, but, uh, she is like such a good pilot. And I don't think, um, I think rebels does a good job at, 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 at noting that, but it, it's usually not the takeaway from rebels. Um, whereas like when you watch, uh, the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, yeah, Han, Poe, Dameron, great pilots. We know that, right. It's like almost like a focus of their character trait where that, like her greatest character trait is not that she's a great pilot. She just is. So I love that you added her into that category. Um, great pick and any other team is probably not going to win against that one. So, yeah, that was a really, really good team to pick Andrew. I, I think all the characters are great. Um, you know, Han Solo and Poe st stood out to me a little bit more, but I couldn't help but think of how Poe in The Last Jedi does that move where he, like, throws himself against the side and, like, <laughs> turns it on, like, a really quick turn. It's yes. such a cool segment uh, of the film and sequence, and I just thought of that with the racing, too. I could see him doing something like that where he gets knocked out and then he pulls a move like that and ends up winning. Um, but yeah, thank you guys, or thank you so much for being in the resistance. We really appreciate you. We appreciate all the generals and everybody else. Um, but now we're going to head to John to hear from the rest of the community. So John, uh, ask the resistance time. So let's get into it right now. I've been wondering what are midi-chlorians? Okay. So we usually put out a pitch for questions on Twitter. You send them in using hashtag ask the resistance. If you want, uh, anytime you have a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, or if you'd like a little shout out us to talk about your Twitter handle, uh, you just use that hashtag anytime and we'll find it and we'll get you on the show. So, uh, oh, of course you can email us too. Um, and our patrons sometimes, uh, in the, in the, uh, patreon page and stuff send the questions in so however you want to get them to us get them to us we'll get you on the show and we appreciate everyone sending them in 
Uh, it's always uh, adds to the show. And we have a good time with that. So uh, the first one here is from Christopher Lee at Mr. Chris Lee 24. What's up, Chris? Uh, ooh, two part question for you guys. One, do you think we could see Han and Chewie or someone from Rogue One like Cassian Krennic, Saw or Cheer and Bays show up in the Kenobi series? And if so, if they did appear, could they get their own spinoff series after? Uh, so, Lacey, what do you think? What's going on here with this? Hey, Christopher, thanks for your question. Um, so I think a kind of an obvious answer would be yes, because I think we're going to probably see Bail Organa, who's also in Rogue One. I think he's kind of just like an obvious choice of, yeah, we'll probably see him in the Kenobi series because he has to communicate with Kenobi about the twins. Um for my fun answer of your two-parter, I would love to see Han and Chewie, um, as in Alden and Jonas, show up. Even if it's in the background of a uh, cantina, not in contact with Kenobi, but like kind of there and you see him and you notice it or like off to the side or something like that. Because if you have them interact, it's going to downplay what happens in A New Hope where they meet for the first time and they make the deal to take them to Alderaan. Sure. So you got to be kind of cautious there of like how you would make that work. Now, I'm not the best writer and I'm not someone that should be making up Star Wars stories. So I'm sure there is a way that they could play it where they're like, well, actually, the reason they don't remember is blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> um, but that being said, uh, because Han is my fun answer with Chewie, I would love for them to get a spinoff series, as you guys know, for uh, <laughs> solo series would be great. And I hope that happens. Yes, absolutely. Um, good answer. Yeah. Bail Organa is, that's like a no doubter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, James, this one's going to you from Julian Krautinski at J Krautinski. What James is, uh, he's already, he's, he's got his appetite, he's rubbing his hands together, he wants to dive into this one. What do you think is the future for Star Wars animation, and what would you like to see next in Star Wars animation? No clue. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all prepared for the answer. Now, he, here's the thing, is what I really want in Star Wars next for television, I want that Thrawn series, but... I recognize that that probably won't happen, even though we, you know, there's the reference to Thrawn or whatever. But I, I, I think that there's a good chance that they still could embrace that Thrawn world of the Chiss, um, because I think it could stand on its own. It would be separate but familiar uh, to Star Wars fans, you know, having um, a little bit of the Force, a little bit of. Um, the, the military structure to it. Um, and I think they could maybe come up with a fun, fun way to still make it interesting um, for kids. But ideally that would be a, a live action show that I think could really be broad. But um, I would, I would like to see that in animation if they, if they didn't, um, if they didn't want to go full bore uh, live action with that character. Cause I think his world um, is, is very uh, open to, uh, I don't know. Sowing, I guess, or reaping, reaping whatever you sow. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> They've laid it down. It's yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Lars Mikkelsen would agree with you that they should do that. I know what I don't want. I don't want uh, to lose my pie bet. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I, I mean, I'm set up to lose that, I think, but we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, good answer. Uh, all right. Next one uh, came via Patreon. Mark Magaha shot this one over. Uh, will we see a Star Wars film on Disney Plus instead of theaters? Deadline is reporting that Disney movies Cruella, Pinocchio, and Peter Pan are probably moving from theaters to Disney Plus. Disney said they're doubling down on Disney Plus. Do you think that makes theatrical Star Wars movies less likely in the future? Absolutely not. We're all living in the prism of COVID right now. The next Star Wars movie is not on the docket for three years from now. Movie theaters are still going to exist. I, I think we have to try our hardest to think big picture long term and not think of like we're in the like the eye of a storm right now in the pandemic. Things are probably worse than ever right now. Uh, they're obviously pulling these things for that reason. They're pushing things out, but... 
to think that we're not going to have more Star Wars in in theaters, uh, I I just can't even remotely consider that. So uh, I think we will. I think there'll still be big draws. I think people will want to go back to theaters when this thing is all over. And um, I, I, I think it'll be back to normal. I mean, people have been trying to kill movie theaters for years. When the VCR came out in 1980, people thought that was the end of movie theaters. So... Um, I know we've talked about this a lot in the podcast, but you're going to see a Star Wars movie in the theaters. No question about it. Um, thanks, Mark. All right. So that does bring us to the end of the show. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Love you guys. Um, like Lacey said, make sure you do subscribe wherever you prefer to get us, whether it's audio or video, uh, because of the three episodes a week. And who knows? Maybe more Mando fan shows coming. But good thing we have coffee because, oh, man. Um, make sure you go to starwarsnewsnet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news also we do reviews, editorials uh, a lot of cool information over there for you every day um, and the Mando Fan Show like we just talked about is coming back this Friday we're going to be talking about chapter 14 uh, with our buddy Jeff Lowe from Lights, Camera, Barstool uh, so the 6th episode in the season which means we're really getting down to the home stretch we may get some action look forward to talking to Jeff about that uh, and um, teespring.com slash store slash resistance broadcast if you want to get some of our gear. Uh, Mando Fan Show Season 2 shirts are available. Makes a little two-happen pins. Grab those. All and TRB stuff. James has the resistance broadcast logo. We have the new logo there as well. Uh, all down the line. Um, and uh, Thursday, we will be back uh, with our normal episode to talk about... What did we talk about? Boba Fett, right? Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. Correct. What are they going to do with Boba Fett? What's the deal with this character? Where's he going? We dive into it and have a fun discussion about it. So uh, we'll see you then. And on behalf of James Lacey and myself, uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.